This is a special episode of Catalyst, an investigative podcast from KXAN News. I'm Josh Hinkle. As part of our medical debt lawsuits project, we've been looking into collection suits filed against patients by a Texas hospital. We decided not to name the hospital because the practices we describe in our project are legal. We also learned there are other ways hospitals can collect debt and how you can avoid the financial problems that could come with unpaid medical bills. Now for in-depth analysis, we sit down with Jeannie Pender, the CEO of the national healthcare journalism organization, Clear Health Costs. Jeannie, you're a journalist in New York who founded this group, Clear Health Costs. What's your mission and what does this group do? We're bringing transparency to the healthcare marketplace by telling people what stuff costs. We're explaining the mysteries of healthcare pricing and all the things that surround it. We reached out to you because of your expertise and the research you've done in the medical billing arena and ultimately decided to collaborate on aspects of our medical debt project. We're so grateful for the guidance and support you offered. What do you see as the biggest benefit to having a partnership like this? Josh, that's a great question. I'm so glad you reached out to us. We feel like we've learned a lot from you and that the process of collaboration in journalism is something that lets us all learn from each other. And boy, have we learned from you um, to make better journalism. Also, you've heard people say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. It's a good thought. Then, you know, this project really started with a viewer tip that led David, our investigative producer, to look at medical debt lawsuits filed in our area. David, what were you initially seeing with that trend? I just went online. Uh, Williamson County has an online court record system that you can search. And I found that there were well over a thousand lawsuits against individuals and what looked like married couples. And we learned those were patients. And I looked a little deeper searching other hospitals in the Williamson County court system, and I found hardly any lawsuits. So after those quick searches, I knew that there was some truth in the tip. And then from there, we expanded our search and tried to find other hospitals suing patients in Central Texas. And that led us back to Jeannie because we wanted to expand the story beyond the Austin area and see if hospitals were suing patients in other parts of the state. But that wasn't so easy. What were some of the challenges we faced at the beginning of the process that you remember, Jeannie? We brought our knowledge of national patterns of debt collection in the medical arena. And we started thinking about what we knew about the hospital that was mentioned in the tip that you got. And then we started connecting with people like um, Lone Star Legal Aid. There's a man there who's an expert in medical collections. He said he didn't know of this particular practice in this particular hospital chain. So that was kind of a head scratcher. And then we started thinking about what we knew about national patterns. They have found ways that are less visible to collect debt rather than having a stream of cases that are easily findable in the justice of the peace court records. So understanding how that worked and then seeing what the rest of the landscape looked like in Texas was a challenge at the beginning. We found in our area, it appears one hospital is filing the most nearby, but we know the company that owns that hospital has other hospitals in Texas. And several patients we spoke with say they never expected to be sued by this company or this hospital. 
Is this a unique or new tactic that hospitals are taking to get their money? Jeannie, what are we seeing across the nation? So it varies a lot. The landscape is more like hospitals try to collect, chains try to collect. Some are more aggressive than others. Some medical providers hire a lawyer to do their collection. Some have in-house staff of lawyers. Some just shovel things off to the credit bureaus. There's a lot of this going on right now. So it is a larger issue, but it's not always as easy as searching for lawsuits under a hospital's name. Some counties don't keep records online, and some suits may not be filed under the most obvious names or entities. And then some medical debt could be sold to a third party, which makes it even harder to trace back to a hospital as the original collector. Right, Jeannie? Yeah, that's absolutely true. There are other ways that hospitals and other businesses are getting their money beyond the court which may be more familiar to some people. One of the main sources you looked at, Jeannie, was the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau and its Consumer Complaint Database. What does this system show you about the issue that we're discussing? There are dozens and dozens of complaints in this database from Texas. Um, It's a little bit impure and partial data because they don't actually name the establishment. We also noticed, and this is sort of separate from Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, but related in New York State, our friends over at the Community Service Society of New York did a report recently about nonprofit hospitals that are filing liens against patients' homes. And that would not crop up on any easily found list of justice of the peace findings like what you guys used. Some of the sources you spoke with, they really explained how these collection actions can hurt a person's credit record, right? We talked to people at Texas Rio Grande Legal Aid who said that they were hearing from people who had no idea that they actually owed money. Maybe the bill didn't come to the right place. Maybe it had been lost. And they found out all of a sudden that they had multiple collection actions on their credit report as they were trying to buy a house, buy a car. They were completely blindsided by these credit actions. You heard that third parties buying medical debt may not be happening as much in Texas as other states. Can you explain why the experts said that might be the case? We've heard from the National Consumer Law Center They have a report showing the state-by-state protections for what can and cannot be taken by a creditor. Texas has pretty strong credentials in that department. They have a B rating from the NCLC with fairly strong protections, precluding creditors from confiscating wages for most debts. Texas is one of only four states in the nation with such a rating. Also, Texas is one of 16 states where the family home cannot be taken and one of four states that do not allow wage garnishment, but bank accounts can be garnished. The problem is though that a lot of people may not know about these protections and the consumer advocates that we talked to said that they were concerned that people who got threatening collection notices would just roll over and give up money because they didn't know they were being protected. David, I know you saw some really small amounts in the lawsuits filed in the Justice of the Peace Court related to the hospital in our area. How low are we talking? Yeah, we saw some small ones. We saw agreed judgment amounts of less than $1,000. An agreed judgment is essentially an agreement between both parties in the lawsuit. And the people that we talked to that had that type of agreement were on a monthly payment plan that they had agreed to. And also many cases were much larger, exceeding $10,000. And those JP courts take 
cases only up to 20,000. Why does that matter, Jeannie? The cost of filing a case in JP court is somewhere around 150 bucks. I think it varies a little bit from county to county, depending on the actual schedule of court fees. It might have changed a little bit recently, but anyhow, if you file that case in JP court for that 150 or so dollars and intend to reap as much as $10,000, that's a pretty good bargain. But if you can file that same case for 150 or so and expect to reap 20K, then that's a really good bargain. So that makes it a lot easier for the lawyer or the company that's seeking judgment to just go and file and file and file and file. You and I met each other through investigative reporters and editors, or IRE, at its annual conference years ago. We were on a panel together about crowdsourcing for stories and sources. We actually had a couple of forms of crowdsourcing in our project. We wrote letters to people who'd been sued by their hospital, and we had a social media campaign asking people to share their story with us in video interviews across the state. Why do you think crowdsourcing is the way to go with investigations sometimes, especially when you're talking about complex or difficult topics? All of us is smarter than one of us. And we do want to hear stories from our communities and to help tell those stories with the benefit of your experiences. We can change the world together. We do think that sometimes people in our communities have the impression that we don't want to hear from them. Maybe they called the newsroom and they got a voicemail and didn't hear back from anybody. We do want to hear from you and we want to know what's going on in your lives. Maybe not just on medical debt, but maybe it has something to do with your mortgage or maybe it has something to do with a public works project in your town. We want to hear about it. And the patients we spoke with most found a way to pay off their debt even if it meant making some financial sacrifices. If you're hit with a bill or a lawsuit like they were, what are some of the steps you can take to protect yourself, Jeannie? The very first thing, if you get that bill, is to look at it, ask for an itemized bill from the hospital, and ask if you qualify for some kind of financial aid. Many people don't think that hospitals grant financial aid, Hospitals do, they are required to under certain circumstances. And it's definitely worth your time and effort to go find what financial aid looks like at that hospital and to see whether you qualify. You may have to fill out some forms. You may have to send in a pay stub. So that's if you get the first bill, ask for itemization and make sure that financial aid is or is not available to you. Then if you actually do get hit with a lawsuit, there are consumer advocates that you can talk to. There's uh, Texas Rio Grande Legal Aid, Texas Appleseed, Lone Star Legal Aid. Up north, I believe it's Legal Aid of Northwest Texas. And uh, there are also some federal agencies that can help you too. But all of those folks can give you an idea of where you stand and where you might go with a lawsuit. And knowing the federal and state laws surrounding debt is important too, right? We talked to consumer advocates, particularly in Texas, who said they didn't believe that people knew that there were so many of their assets that were actually protected. I believe it's not only your home and your primary vehicle, but also your livestock is protected in, in Texas. Your wages may be protected, but your bank account may not be. All right. Thank you, Jeannie, for working with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. To find out more about the work from Jeannie's group, Clear Health Costs, we have a link in the tips and resources section of our digital investigation that accompanies this podcast. 
where you'll also find more about what to do if your hospital sues you. Just look for the Medical Debt Lawsuits link in the investigative section of KXAN.com. Catalyst is reported and produced by me, Josh Hinkle, along with David Barrer and Arzo Dost. Our editor is Richie Bose. Digital support for this episode comes from Robert Sims, Kate Winkle, Rachel Gale, Aurora Berry, and Matt Mitchell. KXAN's news director is Haley Seihawk, and its vice president and general manager is Eric Lasberg. <laughs>